Welcome to the Panza Panza Forum. In the Yoruba language, the word panza is usually injected into poetry to express an uncomfortable, uncensored and inconvenient truth. The Panza Panza Forum is candid conversations about the life of African immigrants in America as it relates to their adaptation to their new home. While some may find it easy to integrate and can balance between retaining the original African culture while accepting the culture of their new home, many continue to struggle to find a balance between both worlds. Hello and welcome to Panza Panza Live. This is a podcast where we discuss the lives of African immigrants and their assimilation into Western society as they raise younger generations in a country that is quite different from their own. We also explore the experiences of children of immigrants as they balance the African and Western cultures. We present to you this informative, interesting, and expansive dialogue about the intricate experiences of African immigrants in America. Okay, welcome to Pansa Pansa Podcast. I'm your host, Kemi Serike, and today I'm having a conversation with Ms. Ngozi Ebinom, a fellow Nigerian immigrant on her experience navigating the appropriate educational setting for our three autistic children within New York City public school system. My dear friend, Rosemary, who is also joining us on this podcast, actually introduced me to Ms. Ngozi Ebenem and Ms. Ophili spoke very highly of you, Ms. Ebenem, on your persistence and your courage on effort in making sure that your children who are diagnosed with autism get appropriate school placement in a good setting that we provide everything that they needed. So welcome to Pansa Pansa, Ms. Ngozi and Rosemary. I thank both of you for coming on this platform to have conversation with me about your experience navigating through the New York City public school educational system with your children who have IEP, I believe, and they have special needs. So would you like to further introduce yourself, Ms. Ebenem, and talk a little bit about your family regarding you and your children, their ages, and where they were born? Okay, my name is Ngozi Ebenem. I born in Nigeria. I grew up in Nigeria, but I come here when I'm 19 years old. I didn't know that the system is different until you join the system. <laughs> I have five kids, 15, 13, 11, 7, and two and a half years old. <laughs> Who is controlling the house? Who is the boss <laughs> in the house right now? <laughs> so my husband is well doing. But because of, you know, American system, we are still here waiting to get something better. But Mm -hmm. when you have these special needs children, according to America, we should not call them special need. But I call them special need because when you don't have somebody to maneuver all these things to you, it's like another scenario. Yes. I have, uh, especially my first daughter, she's the one that made me to start this journey. I didn't know she's going to be a special need. And uh, when I started the journey, I will say I started with five years old. From two years old, they diagnosed speech and language impairment. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what they, my sister helped me with maneuver until they get to public school. This is 75. Mm-hmm. 75 said they're doing good. But when I see my daughter, it's not doing good. When I ask that question, what is going on? Nobody can answer me what is going on. I keep on asking the teacher, I say, my daughter is not doing good. I'm not seeing her 
progressing, but anytime you tell me it's progressing. So fortunately, you'll be asking questions, you'll be going a lot of programs because I know people don't want to do that because everybody is busy in America. Mm-hmm. But if you love your daughter or you love your children, you could go and fight for them. Yes. So I started asking questions. I'm calling off from job. I stopped doing a lot of things I was supposed to do. I said, I want to know what is going on with my daughter. So I started going out the programs. They send me link, like a book bag, come to the school, come to here, come here. I started going to go learn other people. When you get there, you see other people that you yourself is better than. You now mm-hmm. have courage. Yes. If you see that your own is better, you just have courage. Oh, my God. How about that person? How she doing? How she doing it? Mm-hmm. So you keep on with prayer. Things are possible. That is the first thing I'm supposed to say. With prayer, keep on yes. praying. Yes. And tell God, why am I going to? How am I going to do it? Give me the strength. You wake up in the morning, say, Father, I thank you for waking me up. The yes. next one, you say, Father, give me the strength to yes. deal with this. Yes. Because without strength, you cannot. Yes. It's very so, stressful. The best way to do it, when you ask for that strength, you, you say, God, the money I've started. You go through the bossing, you go through the school. So I started with Aha as a journey, like what I said, I first said in the beginning. I started going many programs. When there is no COVID, you can go to somebody's house and talk to somebody. So I started going to the programs. For my own self, I went to Zeriga and North Central for my own program because mm-hmm. the, you must go for your program to take care of your own self. Yeah. Otherwise, you will say, what is going on with me? That's why you say that you hear people say, I'm dementia, I'm crazy, yeah. I'm yeah. doing... You go to other people so you could see, you could have that strength to deal with your own so you will not get that kind of sickness or yeah. that kind of thinking I'm going to do something to, yeah. to hurt yourself or to yeah. hurt somebody else. Yeah. For the children... For you to learn about them, so they're going all those programs. So that's why I say it takes a lot. Yeah, you love your children. I'm not yeah. talking about myself. I'm talking about the, if you love your children, you brought them to this world. Like I asked yeah. people, I said they, I didn't ask God to give me special needs children, but they come like that. Yeah, when not yeah. having the pregnancy, I said God, I need special needs children. No, I didn't ask. But unfortunately, it come like that. You're gonna ask yourself. You don't have it in the family. Why are you having it? That's what I first asked my elder sister. Yeah, yeah. I said, sister, we don't have this in the family. Why am I having it? Yes, yes. I said, don't give up. Yeah, and your strength is really admirable. Until I get to this 75. And I asked the teacher, I said, my daughter is not doing good. Oh, he's doing good. I said, my daughter is not doing good. He's doing oh. good. I said, no, 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 no. Something is wrong. So I started fighting. I said, my daughter supposed to have devices to speak. You couldn't give her no devices. And somebody said they are supposed to have a device in the program that I went in St. Barnabas. I said, so what is the devices? The teacher said, you don't know. I should ask the speech teacher. I said, okay. I go to the speech teacher. He said, let him try our best to see if Sarah can qualify. I said, okay, go ahead. We fight and fight and fight until my daughter qualify. And they give her the speech devices. And now she could type what she wants in the school. Yeah, that's right. Before my daughter just like, sit here, she sits. Do this, she do it. But when she have the devices, she started typing. That's and right. And I told them, I said, see what I'm asking you because I asked that question and somebody tell me, you go and ask the teacher and the principal. Yes. And that principal, some principal will make you lose your, let me say, you don't want to go to school in this country. The yes. principals. But if you have God with you and listen to other people, you will keep on pushing again. Yes, so yes, thank you. Thank you. So all of us here is that don't give up. 
my daughter, I started from that public school. They take me out from, I told them, I said, my daughter don't belong here. So uh, somebody in December said they're going to have another workshop. And I come there, it's a lawyer workshop. The lawyer said, my sister, you need to fight this. If you, if you know what you are saying, I say, yes, I know what I'm saying. But how can I do it? It's okay, bring our IUP to our, our place. I went to all the way White Plains Road. So the journey is not easy. My sisters and brothers yes. are going to listen. Yeah. I travel from Broad to White Plains Road, New Russia area. Go look for law firm, Cardi Law Firm. That's their name. I went there and they take all my information and we start the journey. Hmm. And they tell me the journey is going to be long. I say, yes, I don't care. Let him be long, but I'm going to follow the journey. Yeah, and you and fight finally, for it. I finally went to the Board of Ed. Board of Ed bring their own lawyer. They stand for me. Hmm. I said, okay, so we're going to do this. The lady said, Kathy is her name. She said, don't worry. We're going to help you. But you follow what I'm telling you to do. I said, okay. She said, okay, now they're going to let you go for testing in other places, not in the school. Are you willing to do that? I said, yes. I started going Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, everywhere to look for all the testing. They tell me to test my daughter. Wow. And after everything, the lawyer have all the documents together. Yeah. And the devices, the people that work with the devices come to my house to work with her. One of them went to the school to work with her. The OT come to my house twice and I went to their office twice. So it's a long journey. It and is. And I keep on pushing. It is. It is. I see that. And I finally went to the, the main clinic in the Brooklyn. The doctor tell me, your daughter may qualify my sister because the way you're doing this testing, she may qualify to leave the public school. I said, oh my God will fight for me. I told her already the school, I don't want my daughter in season five no more. So the doctor wrote all whatever she wrote and I know what I'm saying because when you see your daughter is not progressing, you know something is going on. You pay attention to that. So I started doing that. And the lawyer gave me the doctors and the PTs and the OTs and every one of them, the psychological, the, all the places that I went, they give us the package. The package is like heavy as like more than big Bibles. <laughs> so I brought it and we went to the court in Brooklyn. Look at the way another problem started again for me to give up. They yeah. said, because I don't have no language interpreter, they cannot work with me. So my lawyer asked me, do you have any other language I could understand? I said, they should give me pidgin English. What? So they started looking for pidgin English in, over there. Because they said my sister cannot speak my language because it's not under uh, DOE. So my sister left his job. Come with me now. My sister cannot speak. Because my lawyer said my sister can speak for me before. But now my sister cannot speak because she's not under DOE. So my sister left his job that day and just stay outside and wait for me until we finish. Because now they finally find broken English to speak for me. Let me ask you, what did they mean that you need somebody to translate for you? You speak English perfectly well. Yes, but they said they don't want to say they, what they're saying is a lie. So they want somebody that can tell me in my language so they could translate for me. They, in case they speak according to them, my sister said, big English. That's what I tell them that day. I said, when you speak your big English, I don't understand. My sister will tell me. So they started laughing. They said, no, okay, if they can't speak that, the lawyer can say something I don't understand. I said, okay. That's why they want to look for the translator the translator to come and translate for me. You speak Igbo. They couldn't find Igbo speaking person in Igbo. No, I speak Okwane. Because if I speak Igbo, the Igbo will not understand me. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I okay. understand Igbo, but people don't understand me. 
<laughs> okay, I see. So that's why the problem comes because they're happy that I, uh, my name is Ungozi. People is here, Yoruba is here. I was asked, no, that's not my language. So that's okay. why I get everything messed up. Okay, okay, wow. <laughs> because they normalize certain language in the certain part of Africa. Yeah, so they have only three languages that I tell them. I said, that three languages is not my language. So how yes. are we going to do it? Yes. So that's yes. why they said, okay, let them, they said, I should choose. So I said, okay. If I speak Igbo and Igbo don't understand me, I can understand him. But when I speak my language, he's not going to understand me. I don't want them to put Igbo on the, in my language while I'm Okwane. So yes. it's a love. Yeah. So that's why I said, okay, the best way, let them give me pidgin English. So let's go from there. Okay, that's great. So, that's great. I'm going to ask you more questions on that. Ms. Rosemary Ophelia, can you talk a little bit about what you do? Introduce yourself and the selfless work you're doing with community advocating for the children within the Bronx. What is it that you do? Yes, yeah, so my name is Rosemary O'Finney, and I met Ngazi several years ago because we're both with the same organization, and the organization is in the Bronx, and we advocate for quality education in District 9 in the Bronx, that's school District 9, but also in you know, the whole Bronx because we found out that in communities like ours, which is mostly black and brown, that we don't get the resources and the quality education that all our children deserve. Yeah. And so Ngazi was there because a lot of our kids in the public school system, especially children with special needs, sometimes, you know, the kids, and especially if you're African, because there's the bias that goes with that. Sometimes the kids are pushed aside or the child, uh, they can get certain, certain resources. They, I mean, they qualify for certain resources, but they don't get those resources mm-hmm. or the kids are ignored. And so I met Ngazi and I admire her so much because she's oh. fought so hard. Yes. I keep telling her that I wouldn't have the strength or whatever to go through that. And yes. so... Ngazi, like I say, I'm so proud of you. And you're fighting the system and dealing with the biases at the same time you're fighting the system. You know, from dealing with your principal to the staff, the front desk and all that, that makes it even harder fighting. So she has to fight two different sides or three different sides. Mm-hmm. Sorry, thank you. Yeah. I don't know if I could do it myself. I just don't know. I just want to ask you this question, Ngozi. There's a difference between expectation and reality for immigrants in America. The expectation are the images that America tend to portray outside the world as a country of plenty, okay? And where the dreams come true. But when we get to America, when we go to this country, we started navigating through the society, the reality actually slaps us in the face. Many immigrants will describe their reality as a shock or awakening that they do not expect. So what would you say was your reality of America, such as the challenges you have experienced as an immigrant and a parent of children growing up in this country? I will say, well, thank, I will always call my sister's name because she's the one that brought me here. And she's hey. my, after my God, she's my second God. Oh, because... Wow. Uh, when we come, even most of the things I know, she don't know it. She will hmm. tell me the way they treat people, the way they behave to people. I'm not sure if I could stay here because I will slap somebody and I will go to jail. My sister said, no, don't say that too. I said, no, sister, because they will look down on you, first of all, from this country. 
imagine where you are walking. You know, when we come here, first of all, you're going to start from Genesis to Revelation. But people don't understand. When I come here, I told my sister, I'm going to go walk. She said, well, no, 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 you are a baby. You can't walk here. No, 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 you just come. I said, no. And I lost, I will find my way. I will start afresh. That is the journey. So I started growing up and I went home. I get married. I brought my husband and we started having kids. I said, to start the daycare, even right now, I'm looking for daycare. Daycare for my two years old. I didn't find. And now Corona messed up more. The same cell I'm talking about, I did, I did have daycare for her when she's uh, three to five years old. But when we they started growing up and entered the public school, it's another problem. Mm-hmm. Because when I come, I said, how did the school go here? My sister said, that is where they go here. I said, okay, let's watch them. And I, I look at the schools and I said, okay, let me join my daughter in the school. But the public school here, I thought that Africa is crazy, but here <laughs> is worse. Hmm. This place is worse than African. Because first of all, you go on the public school. So I started putting them in the school. Okay, I learn. I used to to learn. That's what I always tell people. I used to to learn. Then, but when I come to my second daughter, Divine, PS42, every day another ball game. Sure. They look for her trouble. They keep on calling me. She hits people. She hits people. I call the teacher one day. I say, Why are you telling my daughter hit somebody? Are you sitting in the classroom? Sure. She said yes. I said, Why not ask that question? Because in me. When I tell you to stop something and you're still doing it, I'm going to hit you. Maybe that's why she's doing that. Let me, let her come home. Let me ask her the question. When she come home, I say, Divine, why are you hitting people in the classroom? She said, Mommy, they always pick on me. They always touch me. And I tell them to stop. I said, okay, don't say nothing no more. Let me call your, your teacher. So one day I told the teacher, stay in the classroom. Don't go nowhere. I want to find out what is going on because I'm coming to the school. Hmm. So the teacher said, okay. That day the teacher stayed. Oh, miss, I'm sorry. Uh, they touch her. They poking on her. Blah, blah, blah. That's why she's hitting them. I said, you see what I'm talking about? Yeah. You are not in the classroom. You are not seeing what they're doing because maybe you face their back. They are all students. We've been there. We are a child. Mm-hmm. So maybe somebody's touching her. Somebody's talking to her. She don't want it. And now everybody assumes that Divine is the one looking for the trouble in the classroom. Yeah. So please, can you separate her or take her to another classroom? Oh, we can't take her to another classroom. Okay. I can't climb their step. Hmm. Another problem. Okay. I said, I can't climb your step. The principal needs to come down. So the principal come down. I said, the principal, look at what is going on with my daughter's class. What are we going to do? Oh, we can't do anything. We try to make the school better. I already complained. I said, okay. So one day they write me a letter that transfer your kids. I didn't know what no. they mean. I just tell my sister. I read this letter. She reads. I said, "What am I going to do? She transfer your. You want to transfer the, your, your daughter from the school?" I say, "Yes." She transfer her to PS one eighty two, all the way White Plains Road from my house, wow. all the way like one hour twenty minutes journey. For <laughs> so what? I said, maybe that. I said, my people say in my village that good thing is in the far away. So let's go look for the good thing. I went to that place. I don't know that the front desk. Everybody that work on the front desk. That's why the screen just. All of them are the same. I thought they are different. Wow. Anybody that work in the front desk, and every time I went to meeting, opportunity to see the principals, that's what I tell them all the time. Train your workers. As soon as I get there, I'm asking the question. I say, they said they sent my daughter here to register. Oh, you don't belong in this neighborhood. You need to go back to your neighborhood. 
Jesus Christ. I don't know you. You don't know me. I'm telling you what they said, that I should come and register my daughter here in this school. And finally, she apologized after the principal called her inside. I don't know that that is the principal, rather. Mm -hmm. So the principal called her inside to talk to her and tell her to say, go back to me. Because when I told her, when I answered her, you don't know me. I never met you. Why are you talking like this? Yes, yes. So I think the principal hear my voice and the principal went inside and called her. And I don't know. When, later on, my daughter started the school where I know that that is the principal. I said, okay. And uh, she started the school from that time to, before the corona because she graduated on fifth grade over there. Yeah. Again, you see now autistic again. Yes. I'm like, Jesus wow. Christ, what is it? Wow. Hi. Now I started the journey for my son. Wow. The same journey again, journey again in 75. They put her there and the teacher said no. And the principal said she don't, he don't belong here. I said, I put her here. I prefer the 75 here, the school that I'm seeing. Because not PS 186 that mm -hmm. mess up Dr. Sarah. This one is not PS 186. This is 306. So leave her in 306. The teacher said no. Miss, please, I like you, sis. I like your son. He don't belong here. I said, I know he don't belong here, but I want him here as a mother. She's smart, but it's not going to coordinate when she see other crowd children. Yeah. They thought I'm joking. It happened. They put her in a bringer at and put her PS42. Wow. Right here. And the PS42, they put her in, in big class. And after that, they said, no, uh, it's not coordinating. They call me. I said, don't call my phone. Anything they tell me, I said, don't call me. I don't want to come. I don't want to near the school. Whatever you going to do, because that's what you decided to give. That's where she belongs. That's what you put said. Let him belong there. Before they call me again. I said, because I'm telling you, I took my daughter from that school. You put in another one there. Yes. How you put, I, I don't understand you. I just take my daughter from the school. All the way White Plains Road. They said, another children can go on that. Uh, let, me, let me take her there. They say, no, it belongs on PS for the people claim that it belongs. But one day, I said, okay, let me go see the school. I said, okay, let me climb the school now. Maybe the, oh, would they switch the principal? I said, okay, let me go. So I go and I see my son. Oh, the teacher, oh, you sit down listening. You sit down, stay still. You sit down. I said, you sit supposed to have a para. Where is my para for my son? Yes. Oh, we're looking for a para for your son. <laughs> so that's where the problem is right there. Because the para I supposed said, where to where is the para in the classroom? He has the para, supposed to have para in the bus, para in the classroom. Oh, he has a para in the bus, but not para in the classroom. Who says so? Oh, maybe you didn't read the IUP well. I said, okay, before I sign, you will tell me before I sign that she's going to have para in the bus, para in the, para in the, the classroom. In the classroom. Yeah. That's what the IUP said. And argue and argue and I left. So when I first met Josephine, them, Josephine said, go to the school, call my name. I said, they do this thing now. And I <laughs> go to your school to call your name. I thought it's only Nigeria they do that. He said, no, go to the school. Tell them you want to see the principal. Call my name. Lord of Jesus. Josephine is okay. the go. Rosemary's sister. Yeah. As soon as I get there, I said, I want to see the principal. Oh, you can't see the principal. You need to make an appointment. I said, okay. Tell the principal, Ophelia Josephine, tell me to see her. As soon as I make that comment. Oh, <laughs> okay, hold on. Uh, uh, come, miss, come, miss. Sit down here. Sit down here. Sit down here. Sit down here. I'm like, okay. I sit down and the principal come to my office. I said, no, principal, I don't need to come to your office because I tried to look for you. They're telling me I can't see you. My son needs a parent in the classroom. 
That is why I'm here. Hmm. Oh, can we check the IEP? I said you don't need to check the IEP. I need para in the classroom right now. Teacher called me again and said, you see, now listening. I'm bored of it now. I will go to the lens. So as soon as I get the, the principal, call me and we finish. And now finally, my son have a para in the classroom, para in the bus. And that's to the case. And they started taking care of him as the special need that they said they would do. Yeah, we do. And they started learning. And I will keep on telling them, if I go to the program, I go there and tell them the, what the program said. So one of the coordinators in the school said, Miss, how do you know about this? I said, because you thought the solar uses is here. I the uses. I have my daughter. My daughter is the one that brings the information and I will use it for uses. Yes. And the lady like, wow. Can you come here and train other parents? I said, your people, I don't speak Spanish and your people are not going to listen to me because I'm black. <laughs> so everybody should face their face their category and face whatever they're going to Oh face. my God. Because every time oh we come here, people treat us like garbage. So you I can't come here to train anybody. You train them. You give them the form, information I'm giving to you and you're going to do for another information. But can you imagine you that somebody from that school asking you to come and train the other parents whereby yes. they're supposed to have that information to help the school? That's how much inequality in terms of the services being provided for many people of color immigrants. So I just want to give a background on this because people who may be listening to this may not understand. So the question is, how is it like for immigrant family navigating through New York City public school system for their children? So many studies have shown that immigrant families are less likely to have the traditional knowledge of public school system or if their children is placed in a proper school setting. Many immigrant families may not know about the school choices, such as magnet school, private school voucher, or charter school. Many may not even know about early childhood education that is available for free for three and four years old. And due to all this lack of knowledge about the school system in USA, the daily struggle, including the daily struggle of providing for their family, limited resources, or no resources to educate immigrant parents about their rights, which is what this person is asking you, the school is asking you that you should come and be the one to help them educate other parents, whereby they could have done that by themselves. If there is any awareness of their rights, even if the immigrant is aware of their rights, some of them may fear for deportation or some other factor, maybe the barrier that may hinder their effort to advocate for the right placement for their children. This is the process maybe even more challenging for many immigrant parents with a child with learning differences or special needs, especially someone like you, because there's so many other parents that are like you that they don't even have what it takes to advocate just like you. So I just want to give the background of IEP. Children with special education needs are evaluated through IEP. IEP is Individual Education Program. I believe IEP is a tool to document how the needs of children with disability, learning differences, or emotional dis disturbance will be met within the school setting. So IEP is also an agreement between the parents and the school to get everyone on the same page about the goals and the services that are needed to be provided to the child. So IEP will be developed for children with learning differences and emotional disturbance, and it's being reviewed every year to update whether the child has progressed 
what is needed, what is not needed. If that child is not progressing, what else is needed to change? So you telling me, Sarah, your first child was diagnosed when she was about three, you say. Sister yes. yes, she was diagnosed about when she was about three years old. Would you feel comfortable telling yes. me the specific diagnosis that she had? When she's three years old, they, they diagnose her as speech and language impairment. Mm-hmm. But when she turned five, we find out that it's not only the speech and the language impairment. That is where YAI diagnosed her as uh, autistic. Okay. So that's where we started the journey. How do you find YAI? And I also understand that you also connected with Kennedy Center, which are the two agencies that your family has been working with. What kind of services were they providing you? YAI is the one that is going to diagnose it. Mm-hmm. And if they diagnose you and you see what they're doing, it's okay. And what you said, they talk about your son or your daughter, it's okay. That is where we agree with their diagnosis. Uh-huh. You go from there. And when why I say YAI is that they have different programs in that YAI. Okay. They have a PTOT speech, psychological, psychosocial. They take care of you. And if they see that your daughter, your son have it and they have opening, according mm-hmm. to them, they have opening in their center, they may tell you to be bringing your child over there or they will refer you to the closer place in the Bronx, if you are in, because they are in Manhattan. Okay. The big office in Manhattan. Okay. But they have a branch here on uh, 3060 East Tremont Avenue. Okay. Most of all, this is my brain. <laughs> I know. Avenue. So, so that is their office right here. So oh, to wow. come and take some testing. So if they do some of them in uh, Manhattan and they don't have that person coming, instead of you going to Manhattan again, they could refer you back to the Bronx. So okay. Zeriga is a place that they have the adult ones. Like if Sarah grew up right now and she didn't do much the way I wanted, I could place her in that program for them to be taking her to socialize with big kids like her. Yes. So that is what we have Zeriga area. Okay. Kennedy Center, they still have the same program. If they see that your, your speech is not okay and the doctor tell them they want you to join other kids that come there to meet up. They okay. could put you there to meet up with other kids so your speech will be stronger. Okay. If it's OT, they could put you, maybe they notice that your handwriting is not good or your way you hold something is not good. They could want you to come there to work with like a ball, other things that is in the facility to make your hand strong or your body strong. Okay. And PT, they make you to be running, jogging, like a lot of things. <laughs> To straighten your leg, both physical is, and everything. Most for, yes. yes. Okay. So for the IEP, do YAI also generate IEP or Kennedy Center? Yes. Okay, they generate IEP and they yes. get it to the public school system. Yes, their own recommendation with their with their paper, and okay. they will tell you to use that paper to go to the school to give to the school to know that they should change the system of that thing they put over there. For example, they put Sarah speech and language impairment before. But mm-hmm. as soon as they find out that she has autistic, they change the IEP again. Okay. And they will give you the documents. So your second child, what was he diagnosed with? Autistic with eye function. Eye function? Yeah. 
Okay. So he is high functioning autistic. What does that mean? It means he's doing okay, mm-hmm. but in kind of, um, let me say, he's 11 years old right now. Mm-hmm. But the brain is talking about five and seven years old. Okay. So what about your third child? That one, the same eye functioning, but he's seven years old, but the brain is saying four or five. So it's four like or five years. years. Uh-huh. Conducting socially. You mean yes. social adjustment? Yes. The way they behave in to diagnose, they will give you the estimate. If somebody is thinking of 10 years old, mm-hmm. you see, ah, you are 10 years old. But when you watch him or her, it's not behaving like 10 years old. Okay. So they will do the IQ. That's what they speak for me. They okay. They're going to give them IQ. So when they give them the IQ, I'm not going to be there. So maybe they will bring a, a two years old uh, stuff to uh, 11 years old to do, to see how he's doing it. And after that, they will bring it 11 years old to give to him or her for them to see what can they take from it. That's why they diagnose them like that. Okay. And your third child now, Sarah is in a specialized high school now. Yes. How is she doing? She's doing better. Okay. Because now she's in Manhattan. Do you hear the name? Manhattan Academy. It's not Bronx <laughs> Academy. Manhattan <laughs> Where the rich people are. Yes. And it's in 72nd Street. It's not even in the, in 125th Street. Yes, it's on 72nd Street. You know those people who are in 72nd Street, right? Yes. So my daughter is high-functioning now. Because she's high-functioning. Where the high people is. <laughs> so what is the population of the student in that school at where Sarah is now? Yeah, it's a small setting, though. It's a small setting. Are they mostly... Black student or white student or they are mixed? It's mixed. That's why I like this school. Even my own teacher is black. Okay. Okay. So our own teacher and our own teacher have a special need brother. So because of that, he went to teach in the school. So your second child to which school is he now? Endurance Democracy Crep is a charter school. I took them out from public school. Both of them are now in charter school. Yes. That gets the need of children with special needs. Yes. Okay, that's good. So how are both of them doing? They're doing okay. Okay. They read what is in the IEP and they will, they will call me and we discuss about it and they will find a way to help them. Okay. Charter school don't take uh, people with special needs, but now I think they when people complain and they fight, that's why they take it. Okay, so, so they- are they getting adequate services and special teachers that actually will focus on their need in that school? Yes, yes. Like the one I'm told, Eustace, he has a parent in the classroom mm-hmm. and uh, he has his instructor and he has cancer. Okay. Like I said, you are so much knowledgeable about this. For many parents who may be listening to this conversation and they might be facing the same thing, what kind of, how would you explain the process of getting IEP, appropriate IEP, appropriate evaluation for their children, especially if they are located in New York City? Yes, if they're located in New York City, like uh, I just have a cousin that they're having the same issue right now. First of all, you go to tell the doctor when, when you start going to the doctor, because if you don't know, you don't know. But you first go to your doctor for your child. The doctor will ask you, how many languages is that baby speaking? Mm-hmm. And how many words is that baby speaking? Mm-hmm. When you see as a mother, like back home, they always say, oh, leave them alone. They will meet up. They will meet up. That's why I leave my daughter Sarah to meet up. And now I fell with. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. You go to the doctor, the doctor asks you. If you see your daughter is not talking, please request for earlier intervention. You don't kill. If you don't want it, you don't want it, but you're hurting the child. When the child grow up, you tell them, remove it. Like my son, he said, mommy, I don't want the parent in the classroom, but I stay. when I call you, when they call me, they say, you still behaving the way you behave. They want you to stay still. That's why they want the parent to stay with you. So the mother growing up and you see that they want to be a big man or a big woman, Mm-hmm. And you, you check it as a doctor and brother, and you see that it's, it's getting better than it is. Go to the school. I don't want IEP on my child no more. Remove it. They will remove it. But when they needed it for the first time, please give it to them. It don't hurt. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are suffering. That's why I bring the comment like that. Because they will, they will tell you, oh, the doctor is like this, so you will learn. Like you, you could listen to it and say, oh, so have a special needs child. Maybe some people will listen to it. Maybe they will know me too or whatever. Whoa, I don't know that she have a special needs child. Yes, I do. Don't get me wrong. But I don't show it because she, she don't look like. But when I find out that she needed it, I fought for her to get what she needs. And she get it. And now she could communicate better. And yes. she's doing things that she don't supposed to do before. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm telling you people, please, if you notice your child is one year old, don't get me wrong. Two years old, don't get me wrong. You see that it's not behaving the way it's supposed to behave. Most of them will throw the diaper on your face when you give it to them. Say, mom, mom, play with the diaper with them. If they throw the diaper away, you know that that is picking up. But if you give her the diaper and you hold it in her body, know that that baby is something else. You need help from that baby. Yeah. So this is where you started. From your doctor, you tell your doctor, request the early intervention, show me the place to go. If the early intervention comes, they say your daughter is not qualified. And you notice that is, you see the, they say they're not qualified because it's talking, but wearing diaper, is still wearing the diaper and the diaper is still wet. And you cannot tell your mommy, why da, 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 or say something that for you to know that she's wet, you know that that baby needs help. Mm-hmm. So you need to go back and tell them you need fear hearing. Fear hearing, that is where we begin about this fighting of a thing because you don't know about Fear hearing and they will fear hearing tell you that the baby's still not qualified. Tell them you need appeal. Mm. Another appeal for them to check the baby again because as a mother, you've seen that your baby is not, is not having what she's supposed to have. Mm. But that is the process that many of us don't want to go through. Yeah. Because it's a stress. That is the English. If you can stress in your job place, you can stress for your children. Yes, yes. That is my purpose of saying this to every one of us. Yes. This world is, is not our home. We're going to come and pass by. They're going to still live. If you leave that baby that don't know what he's doing, yes. he or he going to survive when you are not here. This is, some is about shame. And I've had comments from many of our community, even among the African-Americans or people of color, saying that, oh, you know, they're going to have evaluation place IEP on your child. That's the way they want to continue to suppress other children of color because they have IEP for them. They don't really need IEP or the school is just placing IEP on children of color so that they could get extra money. But then, like you said, I really appreciate what you said. Whether your child is going to have it or not, when you see certain changes in that child, ask for professional help. Let them evaluate that child so that you know whether this child needs help or not, because when you wait until later on and then they are not getting the help from the beginning, 
okay, you are only suffering that child. You are only making that child suffer more. Continue. What would you say about that, uh, Sister Ngozi? What would you say about that? I would say to them, it's not for you. It's for the child. Because if you say that, because daughter have IEP, some people just like, oh, they mm. look at you, first of all. What yeah. Are you talking about? If your daughter have IEP and she's getting what she's getting, and um, one day she maneuver it, it's better for you than you let her be arrogant, hurting people, doing a lot of things, and they will end up in juvenile justice Mm-hmm. And they will place it on juvenile justice instead of giving an IUT. What do you think? Which one do you want to take? Yeah. Because I noticed that, like, some people will say, oh, my daughter oh, is stubborn. My son is stubborn. But the beginning, he didn't take care of that person because of his condition. Yeah. Now that he grew up and he started behaving that way, he started calling devil. Devil is sleeping. You <laughs> cost it. <laughs> Thank you so because, much. Because I know what I'm talking about. The first time, like when I first begin, my sister is my second God. Because she, whenever I told her sister, we're going to Queen, so you're going to leave your work. Oh, come and help me. You brought me here. She started laughing. Hmm. Because she know that, I'm telling her, sister, this one is not like your own, no. Sarah is not like Jimmy. I will be naming her children's name and she'll be laughing. She said, no, it's not like that. Let's go and see what they could help us with. That's why I'm telling you people, please, don't label because they say they're going to label black people. Black people, we are already there with our color. Yeah. God is just going to change it for us. And we, if your children are smarter than them, they will leave you alone. Like what I said, I asked one of the principal, Sister Josephine Ophili, tell me to see you. If, Josephine, if you don't scared of Josephine, you could have not even near me. You could have hey, get out there, get out here. But something Josephine is doing that is bigger than what she's doing, she let Josephine see me. Yeah. So that's why I keep on telling us, don't give up. Because when people give up, they treat us like garbage. Yes. Anytime I go to my son's school now, as soon as I come in, oh, who you want to see? You want to talk to the principal? I'm not talking to the principal. People say we should come for a program. I come for my program for my son. <laughs> Just to let them know to, not to be scared because I'm not yeah. doing anything. Yeah. So why do you think initially that you've not been heard by the school officials when you were advocating for your children? Is it because of biases or some form of um, discrimination based on where you come from? Yeah, I would say bias because when these, all these social workers work in the school, they're supposed to know the difference of African children and African parents, American children and American parents. When we come, we try to do African way, respect, respect, respect. <laughs> that's why they don't look at them we do, do, keep them quiet looking at them like we don't know nothing they thought the school that is the way they behave over there they're all stupid they're still whatever sorry to use it in yeah. this, but that is what they first think about us because we don't talk we just respect one or like respect the principal respect the teachers but when you join them they started so oh, this lady started doing the same thing like them yes you ask questions questions don't kill I didn't know about this until my daughter put, they put, a, they are the ones that are going to put the paper for you to come and attend. Mm-hmm. So they put the paper to come for me to come and attend. I told my sister, I said, what are they putting in the Sarah bag that I should come to attend? First of all, they said, today is PTM meeting. I said, they have PTM. I remember PTM, my father always go to PTM, my village. So PTA, what is PTA? Okay, I joined now. My, I have a baby. Yeah. I went, I went to a PTA meeting. They're talking and talking and I, I asked one of them questions. As how many parents are here? The lady said, oh, we send the same flyer the way we send to you. 
I said, you thought everybody can read? Hmm. He said, they didn't know that. But their children can read for them. Do you know if their children know if their mother cannot read? Yes. And you throw that paper there for them to come. I say, well, don't be offended because I see the letter and I give it to my sister. My sister said they should, I should come to school. So that's why I'm here. So if, if another mother don't know what to put that paper for, yes. he will not come. Yes, yes. You didn't, you're not going to show up. Yes, yes. And, you know, they're not even thinking about all that. So, they're not even thinking. Because nobody so has a question. <laughs> <laughs> so many things are going on in the public school that many parents are lost about it. Because they will call for PTM meeting. That's not going to tell you what is going on. You didn't show up. How are you going to know what is going on in the school? Yes, you are so right. I think you could educate so many parents, especially within African immigrant community. I think we could set up something that you have a class for African parents in the Bronx, whereby they will come and just listen to what you have to say to empower them that, you know, you have to advocate and speak up for your children. And I know all this process, I, because I don't know if I could go through it. What you go, you are really strong. It is emotionally tasking. Caring and advocating for children, for three children with autism. How are you and your husband taking care of your own emotional need? Are you talking to anybody like a therapist or joining parent support group? Yes, that's why I first started from the beginning. I myself, because I'm the one that's going to carry most of the cross, because I'm the one that's going to be calling mommy, 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 all the children. So you carry as your cross. I went to that and said, I will normally have a parent group in uh, what is Zeriga in uh, Bronx. Yeah. One time they did it in the 34th Street in Manhattan for the YAI and uh, twice in Manhattan here. Yeah. And the uh, other ones is in the Bronx before the COVID. And they have one in North Central too. You go there to listen to other mothers how to take care of you. Don't take, because the child is going to draw you crazy. Yes. Them in. yes. Because of that, they will let you come and listen to other parents to see how you can take care of yourself. So that is where I learn about myself because mothers will be telling you they don't sleep at night because that baby don't sleep at night. If 14 yeah. years don't sleep at night, eating everywhere, screaming, and you don't want her to run out. Hmm. Like a, a scenario of one baby that run out from the school and went to the water to hurt himself. Wow. Imagine what the mothers and fathers is passing through. Yes. So this is where you listen to all those parents. You come home, you thank God for your life and say, God, forgive me for whatever I'm saying with my mouth. And you go from there. Oh, wow. Thank because you so much. Other parents, if you don't take care of yourself, like some sometimes, like we are in school now, I don't have anything to do. I could turn off my phone, turn off the TV, turn off everywhere. And I will fall asleep. Wow. At least for one hour, just to make myself okay. If that is what I need at that, at that moment, yeah, that moment. It's, it's not there. And I want to make myself laugh. There's a lot of program in, in movies, in African movies, like me, an American movie, like what I tell everybody, I like Medea. Medea made me to laugh and laugh until my my, my hair, I was suddenly feeling hairy. So I, I go, if I want to watch Medea, I will watch Medea from morning to night. <laughs> my dear uh, yes <laughs> yes so, money tonight just to make myself happy if i want to so everybody have his own different time of making yourself happy yes if you want to dance ah don't play me i will put on my village music i will dance from genesis to revelation like <laughs> this guy that passed away is my favorite 
Chile Dumadike. But I like his music. So I'm glad that so, you actually find a way to help yourself emotionally to find something that keeps you going because this is really emotionally tasking and it's one of those things that you have to be really strong to say that listen you know I could, you know I'm facing this and this will be an inspiration for other parents too who may be facing the same thing talking about one child is enough not to talk of three that's much more challenging. And then you have the other two that you have to cater to as well. I really admire your work. Miss Ophelia, as a member of school community board in the Bronx, what would you say are some of the struggles African immigrant family may be dealing with within a Bronx school public school system? Sorry, I'm not part of the school community board, but we're part of an organization that advocates for quality education in the Bronx. Okay. But one of the things that I say is that the most important way to help your child is to advocate and not fight. I mean, not stop fighting. And it doesn't matter if your child has special needs or regular uh, general Mm -hmm. education. It's only the parents who are involved who get the most out out of the school system for their children. And um, like I said, like in Gazi, she didn't stop. You know, she made sure if the public school system wasn't giving her children what they needed and they deserved, which is their right, because we always think it's not our right. She fought and she kept fighting and she went higher up, you know. And then considering that she's an immigrant, you know, she came here, you know, and it wasn't like though she was born into the system, she understood that she had to learn. And her children made her learn. Yeah. But she said, children are a gift from God. And she never quit on them. And she never gave up. Yeah. Thank you so much. Because she has this unwavering mission to have her children placed in a proper school setting. And I really admire that. And I, I hope those who will listen to you this will take this as an example to empower themselves, whether your children have special need or they are in regular education system, to advocate for your children. Because imagine if we have people like you who have the same kind of personality to say, I'm going to go for the best. I'm going to demand what my child needs to make sure that they provide. The public school system in the city, in black and brown neighborhood, will be up on a top notch, you know? They will, these kids will be able to get adequate help that they need. But many parents don't come out and advocate. Maybe they're scared or they just don't know what to do. Or they just completely give up on the system. And we cannot give up on our children because those are the future of tomorrow. So thank you so much for that. Is there anything else, Sister Ngozi, that you haven't said that you want to say? No, not really. Everything is already done. Said, yeah, but, thank you. Um, thank you. We're just going to tell people, yeah. don't give up. Keep on pushing. And be prayerful because without God, you cannot do nothing. Yes. And you should say that none of our children should not bring shame to us. Anything that you see that is not working for you, ask questions. Don't keep your mouth shut because if you keep your mouth shut, a lot of things will be going down. So they should ask questions. If one person cannot help you, ask another one. Thank God for those that know how to use the internet. Go further and go go and Before you know, you will cease find somebody that's going to help you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So in the closing, Sister Rosemary, what do you want to say? Yes. No, so I also wanted to say that a lot of parents, because Ngozi has tried helping other parents, 
you know, from African parents with their children. But some of them are afraid, you know, they don't want people coming to their house, and especially in the Muslim community. So a lot of them are afraid, or some of them are, I don't want to go and create waves in the school. I don't want to create a problem. If I go and complain and all that, it might create a problem. Or some of them are afraid because of their immigration status. Yes. So there are all these different things, you know, that's going on in our community. And like I said, and even Ingalls' doctor has said she should be an advocate because she has really tried. She speaks for the parents. And even in organizations, she's always speaking up for people who are special needs parents. Yeah. And you know what? Come to think of it, before COVID, I came across a website of a woman in England. She's from Sudan. And she had an autistic child. And she saw that within our community, there's so many people with children with the same problem. And she started an organization with the hospital that was treating her son, as well as some other organizations that she's been working with to start a nonprofit in England to help other African immigrant parents about their children who are autistic to make them accepted more and to understand what are the demand for the services that they need. And I think I'm going to look for that information and I will send it to you. Maybe we could look through the website. Maybe it's something that is your call, Sister Ngozi. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. Because people are suffering. Yes. And they're not getting no help. So They're not getting help. And, you know, she started and she's working with the hospital. She's working with schools, many agencies that is connecting to help all these children. Even the children go to school. Even my doctor, my children said it to the second doctor that saw my daughter. He said, what? She's advocate for. (laughs) That's right. That's right. You know, so you could start that in New York here. I don't know what the doctor. One day, if you see me on YouTube and uh, and see me on TikTok, you will laugh. The doctor is laughing that day. <laughs> that, I'm gonna believe me. I'm gonna look for those information for you. Maybe mm-hmm. something that you could start within the city, okay? Because I think you have the knowledge from the experience of what you went through. You have the knowledge of how you could educate and help other people. Mm-hmm. How to advocate for so many services for these children because you know they could go to summer camp together during the summertime to keep them busy, you know? So there's so many things that you could create through that. And I'm going to look for those information for you. Amazing. See what we can create, okay, from <laughs> here on and walk through all these things, you know? So thank you so much for coming. In the closing, Pansa Pansa continue to normalize conversation about the importance of community engagement, about African immigrant experience on advocating adequate educational need for our children as we publicly continue to discuss difficult issues within our community, we're shredding away stigma that is associated with uncomfortable dialogue. Ebidon, I really want to thank you for your generosity, your vulnerability in sharing your experience with me today. To those who will listen to this podcast and learn from your heartwarming account on how you're able to navigate through the system to obtain educational service for your children, of what they deserve. Thank you so much also, Rosemary. Ophelia, for your selfless work that you are doing within the community as well. There's an African proverb that goes like this, however a tree may be tall, it will never stop the sun from shining. And the sun is already shining on you. Because of your persistency, you are able to actually obtain your goals and you continue to attain it for your children. 
Amen. And other people will also continue to learn from your resistance of your Amen. knowledge of what you have acquired today. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Ponzo Ponzo Live Podcast. We hope to have you back with us in the next episode as we continue to explore the nuances of the African immigrant experience. If you'd like to connect with us, you can email us at talk at ponsoponso.org. That is T-A-L-K at P-A-N-S-A, P-A-N-S-A dot org. And follow us on Instagram at ponsa.ponsoforum. Until next time, remember to spread kindness and love. Thank you and take care of yourselves.